alaikum, brother. Peace to the God. Peace to the universe. Welcome back to our audience. This is MF Doug and Dr. Moore. You are in DFN Universe, where we talk about black power, black psychology, and a little black humor. Um, in the name of Allah, the Beneficent, the Merciful, all praises due to Allah. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Indeed. And I believe that we should start that way in order to keep the game good on the wood. What's going on, brother? Um, same shit, different day, bro. <laughs> yes, sir. Um, we are here back for another week. Um, um, anything on your mind? Uh, no, no, nothing in particular. Uh, ooh, I'll start off with some of the um titles that I saw come up on um, the Google search homepage. Um, one is that um, Ilyasha Shabazz, one of the daughters of Malcolm X, has been giving, given a green light to direct a um, docuseries on the young life of Malcolm X from his time as a youth um, and the experiences with his mother and father and the, the tragedy that led um, his father to be killed and his mother to be institutionalized um, for psychiatric reasons and uh, Malcolm's young life. Um, she actually wrote a novel um, called X and how he will wake up, um, actually have the title of the novel. And um, I wanted to know what you thought about that. Well, I didn't think anything because I wasn't aware of it. Um, but if you're asking me based on what you just said, what I think about it, um, I don't know because I don't know what her relationship was well, I know she didn't know her father because he he died before she was ever um, any of them to ever re- to ever really have a real relationship with him. So I don't know if her greenlighting this is based on the stories that were told by her mom, and even if it was just told by her mom, then that's still a subjective side um, because her mom didn't grow up with Malcolm, so. Um, I don't know what her relationship is with Malcolm's father's side and what and what they told her, you know. Um, so I, I so it's it's hard for me to give an opinion, right? To to me, um, it's hard for me to give an opinion about what I think because I don't know where her details come from. Because I again, I don't know what her relationship was with Malcolm's side of the family, and I don't know what her mom. And her mom's side, well, not her mom's side of the family, but her mom's um, stories about Malcolm. And then even those stories would have been subjective because those stories would have came from allegedly Malcolm telling her mom um, stories about his, his childhood. So unless there's a cross line between what 
her mom told her and the stories that she heard from her uncles, uh, other people from that side of the, uh, Malcolm's side of the family. Um, that would be my, that would be my response to it. I, I, I don't know. Yes, sir. Um, w- without those details, it's hard to say whether, what I think, because I, I, I don't know. Yes, sir. According to um, Entertainment Online, uh, the series will be based on um, the novel from um, uh, that Ilyasha Shabazz had written, and the uh, called the a novel and the awakening of Malcolm X. Uh, the basis for the series is a series stems from the novels following the activist Malcolm X's childhood and up to his imprisonment at age 20. The book includes details on his father's lynching, his mother's institutionalization against her will, Malcolm's time in prison, his decision to join the Nation of Islam, and ultimately his reintroduction as Malcolm X. So it doesn't go into the um, assassination, interestingly enough. The series will be produced by Sony Pictures, not Netflix. So it could uh, prove to be very interesting, um, Dr. Moore. Um, the series will be released with Shabazz as exec- executive producer. State Street Pictures, Bob Titel and George Tillman, and Three Arts Entertainment, Jermaine Johnson and Molly Madden, will also produce the project. Shabazz confirmed the news on her Instagram page. Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know, bro. Again, I, I, don't, I, I don't know. I can't give an opinion. I can't give a intelligent opinion one way or the other. Um, I mean, for people that like, you know, Instagram and, you know, and social media and all that stuff, you know, it's interesting to me, you know, as it relates to social media, because people do really do not mind giving their opinions. And I think that's the most interesting thing um, in terms of social media. Somebody yeah. will post something and man, people like they have no apprehension about responding to what people put out there. And I, I, I mean, that's totally not me. So mm-hmm. maybe I'm so maybe I'm the one that's um, behind. Um, because I just don't care to share my opinion with a lot of people, um, in, in, in that respect. Um, but if, if, if I were to die today, right. And, um, I don't know, 10 years later, 20 years later, um, someone were to uh, come to my kids and say, can we do, uh, we like to get the approval to talk about your dad's life. I don't know that my kids know enough about my life personally. There, I mean, there, there's some things that I've told them, right? Mm-hmm. But there, there's, I think there are more things that they have not embraced, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so you, you like, say for instance, you could probably say a lot of, let's say you sat down and had a conversation with my kids and you talked about just the, the, the adventures of you and I. Mm-hmm. you know, it will probably be eye-opening to my kids. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, 
if if my kids sat down and spoke with my brother, if they sat down and spoke with other people throughout my life, they would probably get so much more insight um, about my life than me, you know, over their lifespan, just telling them different stories. Because I feel like when, when I talk to them, it's more just, oh, dad, oh, you know, another story, you know. <laughs> You know, like like I I picked my son up from work. I'm gonna say it was last week, <laughs> and I said, um, and he said, oh. like he was so exhausted. Like, oh, uh, <laughs> if 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 you could just experience what I experienced, and I said, son, <laughs> you work at, you, I, I said, son, you 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 work at Panera. You're making sandwiches. <laughs> I said, you think I don't understand that? I said, you know, for me, working at, you know a fast food restaurant was an advancement from where I had come from. Mm-hmm. I said, you know, I grew up, you know, and I had to rake leaves and cut grass, <laughs> you know, you know, at an early age to, to make money. You know, I, you know, that was prior to me getting a job at a grocery store and being able to bag groceries and then eventually getting a job at a restaurant, you know, and being able to cook burgers. And, and, and I'm looking, so I'm saying to him, he's like, you just can't understand. And I'm like, <laughs> dude, you know, you know, you're coming from a place of, you know, working because you want to work. I work because I had to work, mm. you know? So it, it, it was just a whole different, you, you know, lifestyle. And I'm, and, and so when, when he got in the car and he said what he said, and then I began to say, and he said, and, and so I think he said something to me like, oh, he said, you, you, you wouldn't believe. And so then I said, I wouldn't believe. And he was like, he just stopped me, right? He was like, oh, you can tell me a story about you cutting grass, you know, and you raking leaves in the wintertime. And it was so cold. And it, it just totally trivialized, you know, my experiences, right? Yeah, whole existence. Yeah, and, I, and, and so I just was like, Okay. So yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Never, yeah. I, never I, mind. I, yeah. I, yeah. Surely, I I can't relate. You know. <laughs> surely, what you're going through is, you know, nothing that I can imagine. You <laughs> catching so much grief because I, and here's the interesting thing: is your dad is picking you up from work to take you home. <laughs> if I had worked from wherever I worked, I was walking home. <laughs> you know, my family never had a car. Right. You know, there there was never a ride these, home. These are miles, not blocks. <laughs> right, <laughs> right. No, you know, there was never a conversation with a parent about, hmm. oh, look what I just went through. Hmm. You know, you regardless of what I went through, you was walking right. home, processing whatever you was processing with yourself, and there was never anybody once you even got home to have a conversation with. Hmm. So I was just like, okay, dude, yeah, I got you. <laughs> I got to do. So you're saying that um, it it's going to be interesting, um, Ilyasha Shabazz's uh, take on her father's life. I'm 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 saying that yeah, it's going to be interesting because I don't again because she was a she was a child she never got to know her dad. Right. So, in so, fact, so she was um, still in her mother's womb when um, her father was assassinated. Right. So whatever perspective she has is coming from a third 
perspective, third person perspective. Right. It's not coming from her own perspective. Right. You know, and so that's just that's why that's why I start off by saying I can't intelligently respond right. about what she's going to say or not say because I know whatever she's saying is not coming from, you know, oh, I remember my dad's laugh. I remember mm-hmm. my dad's hug. I remember what my dad was like when I came home from school. It's not coming from any of that. Yeah. I remember my dad telling me this story. It's never, it's, it's not, none of what that is coming, it's not coming from that, that space. Right. So it's, when you, when you ask me about it, it's like, but I don't, you know, you know, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I have a friend and friends that have died very early on in life mm-hmm. and their children are now adults. Mm-hmm. And they tell stories about the stories that they heard. Mm-hmm. They don't tell stories about the stories they experienced. Mm-hmm. You know, and so when I hear them tell their story, I can remember when that actually happened. Like I was there. Yes, sir. And so that's the difference for me. Big difference. Um, it will be interesting to see. I know that. Um, the Shabazz family has a, a weird history with the um, uh, United States government, just like the parallel to the weird history of the Kennedys with the United States government. People in their family suddenly die for some unapparent or untimely reason. Um, she may be flirting with um, some of those same weird elements depending on the story that she gives. I'll put it at that. And we are at the 14 minute mark in DFN Universe. I had one other story but I'll give you the last word on uh, Ilyasha Shabazz producing a series about the young life of Malcolm X. No, bro, that's that's my last word. I mean, I I, I don't know. I mean, I, I can't give an educated or intellectual response. I think uh, about whatever she is is doing, and I don't mm-hmm. know what the motives are. Um, I'm not saying they're good or bad. I just pray for the best. I I, right. I don't know, bro. I, I just an I, interesting I have... take on um, the relationship that. Um this weird relationship like the Kennedys and, and the Shabazzes have? I, I, I don't know that I can, can't connect the two. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know what, um, honestly, I don't know enough about the Kennedys. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know enough about the uh, Shabazzes, mm-hmm. you know, and, and the government, any, anything. Any if, if I said something, it would be conspir- uh, conspiratory, right. and I'm not a conspiracist, so I you know, I, I, I'm not going to sit here and, right. you know, try to talk intelligently, intelligently about stuff that I have no idea about. Well, I, I don't, I, yeah. I don't know that the government, I don't know what their relationship is with the government. Right. Uh, let me put out there into the universe and maybe the audience will have something to contribute. Um, our number, if you'd like to leave a voicemail is one three four seven. Seven five four seven four four zero. You can leave a voicemail on this or any other topic in DF and Universe, and I'll I'll just say 
what my knowledge of these two families, uh, the Kennedys, the most famous death being the assassination of the president, John F. Kennedy, in Dallas, Texas. Um, there's a controversy as to whether his death was planned or uh, well, not planned, um, if there was any uh, government involvement in his death. And still no disclosure as yet as to that um, piece of the puzzle. And then there's the um, Senator Bobby Kennedy, Kennedy, if I'm correct, Robert Kennedy for short, it was Bobby. Um, he was the senator that was also running for president. Um, and he was killed by Sirhan Sirhan, if my knowledge serves me correctly. Um, under very mysterious circumstances in front of um, a whole bunch of people in the back of a kitchen that he had just given a speech for, um, announcing his run for presidency. Um, then there's the young Kennedy, who was a, a nephew of both Robert and... Um, uh, John, um, I think he's pictured in the funeral of uh, John Kennedy as a little child, and he grew up to be one of the up-and-coming influential, influential uh, Kennedys, and he died in a mysterious plane accident with him and his then-wife, um, and nobody knows why the plane went down. Um, so those were some of the um, mysterious deaths, or at least untimely. They don't have to be part of a conspiracy. And then we go over to the Malcolm X family, the Shabazz's, and we have the assassination of Malcolm X as being the most prominent death in the Shabazz timeline. That's weird and still controversial. And then we have um, the death of Betty Shabazz through a fire set by her grandson. And then we have the untimely death of that grandson, um, who would be the only male heir to the Malcolm X legacy, um, dying mysteriously in a bar, because uh, he didn't pay a bar tab. It seems... That story was incredible, and um, he was snuffed out um, when he was coming into the knowledge of himself. So I, I wish uh, Betty Shabazz the best, and hope um, nothing weird happens to her. And I'll just put that out into the universe. We are at Walk in the effing universe, and I'll give you the last word, and then we'll go to commercial break. No, bro. I don't. I don't have a last word on that. Um, yes, sir. I, I I think you summed it up. Um, again, I, I, you know, I I, I can't. I don't know enough um, to intelligently give comments about um, the the Shabazz family or the Kennedy family or the government in any as it relates to their relationship at all. 
Um, all those things seem to be very suspicious. However, um, they're just suspicious in my opinion. I, I don't, I'm, I can't connect any dots. I don't have any dots uh, to connect. Yes, sir. Um, once again, if you'd like to put something out in the universe, out in the audience, um, whether it be a, a moment of clarity or um, just your thoughts on the whole thing or the thoughts on um, Ilyasha Shabazz producing a docu-series for television about her father's life, her his young life. It doesn't even approach the subject of the subsequent assassination. Um, you can um, call one three four seven seven five four seven four four zero, and maybe we'll play your comment next week. And we are at the twenty-one minute mark in the first segment of the first day of this weekend when we could be out partying. We're talking about black power issues, black psychology, and maybe if we're in the mood, a little black humor. And we'll be right back after these messages. Peace to the universe. Peace to God. Peace to the universe. Um, welcome back. Um, Sounds like you were trying to stay in the AC a little longer, bro. <laughs> I heard you say um, hello. And um, I looked up and said 19 seconds. Then I heard your voice. Like, wow. I was um, trying to find the um, information on the internet about um, Keisha Cole's mom. Frankie Lons, um, rest in peace to Frankie Lons. She struggled with um, addiction and um, she lost her battle this week. And uh, I would be remiss in my duty if I didn't talk about untimely deaths and that being one of the subjects that I brought up. Hmm. Um, well, I don't know. Do you want me to respond to that? Yeah, if you like. It's not necessary. <clears throat> um, you can. Okay. Um, bro, I don't know. I, I, I'm always baffled by death. Um, mm-hmm. and I'm always baffled by death because I, I, it baffles me the way that I attempt to understand God outside of the God within me. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, I, I um, attempt to feel comfortable with the God that I understand within me, mm-hmm. but the greater God outside of me is a God that I probably struggle with understanding that knowledge. Mm-hmm. Um, while, you know, I, I, I work in mental health for a living. Yes, sir. Um, I have seen people born with mental health issues and struggle all their life with mental health issues. I don't think that that's fair. And I don't know why I think that that is the case. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I don't. It, it, it is my opinion. I don't think anybody should be born with mental health issues. Um, I don't think anybody should be born with handicaps. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I I don't know those things. I don't understand those things. So, and I I don't know those things from a godly perspective. I and, and maybe I, I shouldn't be trying to judge it from a godly perspective. Maybe it's genetics or something like that. And so. Mm-hmm which is not connected to God, but I don't know that anything is not connected to God. And that's the confusion um, part to me. Um, I don't think it's fair when a six-year-old is killed by a stray bullet. I don't think it's fair when Trayvon Martin is killed by um, a, a racist white person. So I, there's a lot of things that, that I don't understand. So when we use the term, terminology timely death, I don't know what a timely death is. Yes, sir. Um, and when I see someone struggling with addiction, um, years and years and years and years, I I don't know that I like the word timely death for them, because I think that the struggle um, is time in and of itself. Indeed. Um, and and I think that it's almost overserving the time of living, because the struggle is so intense. And you live so long, you know, we're, we're struggling with addiction that you finally die. And it's almost like there's a peace at the end of that struggle. Yes, sir. And I almost feel like that with mental, it's sometimes in mental health. I, I've seen clients die. And in my opinion, I, um, I want to be very careful about how I say this. You're right. But um, I've seen people struggle with mental mental health issues, and I'm talking about not like regular people that come in with, with regular issues and they just want to, they have issues from the childhood and things like that. I'm talking about people that are se- severely diagnosed with schizophrenia or bipolar or some major, um, you know, depression or something like that. I, I've seen them struggle with that all their life. Yes, sir. And to me, that's very hard. Right. That's a very hard like. It's not like um, someone that um, you know, uh, not you know. I hate when I do that. Um, but it's it's a difference when you're struggling with severe mental illness, as opposed to struggling with day to day issues. We right. all struggle. We all struggle with day to day day to day issues, right? So let's say you 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 go to work. You know, you come home, you have a family, and you just have, you know, general problems. That's normal, right? Um, nothing is perfect. But when you struggle with that, in addition to being depressed, that's that's an additional burden. When you struggle with that, in addition to being bipolar, when you struggle with that, in addition to being schizophrenic, that's a whole nother level. Right. Right? And so for me, working in the field that I work in, um, there are some people that are so severely mentally ill that they can't have a family, mm. right? That they can't have a normal life. Mm. Their their mental illness takes over their normal life. Mm. So so even if they had kids, or even if they were in a relationship, they they can't be in that. Their whole mm. life becomes their mental illness. So when I say their whole life becomes their mental illness means that they lose everything that they have. Right. And and mental illness 
consumes their whole life. So every day they are struggling to just survive, right? Mm-hmm. And not being a mental institution. Right. Not not be suicidal, not be homicidal, you know, not, you know, be locked away. Right. That's a different type of functioning. And so I've I've seen people function in that functioning, that function, where as opposed to people that are going through things, but they're still living. They're mm. still going through their life, they're still working, they still they still have their family, you know, and they're just going to therapy for anxiety. They're just going to therapy for, you know, feel depressed about X, Y, and Z. That's normal functioning, right? Mm. That's that's normal, you know, going to counseling. That's that's fine. But people who have more severe and, and, and what they teach us in, in psychology, like, you know, their groups, they're like primary groups, secondary groups, tertiary groups, and then they're like um, uh, psychoeducation groups, there's uh, counseling groups, there's um, task groups, and then there's psychotherapy groups, mm. right? And and so all those things are broken up in a different in, in a different way. And so the tertiary groups and the psychotherapy groups are the groups that are the most intense mm-hmm. because they're the people who have the most severe um, mental illness or the most severe need to be treated, right? And 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 because that's different. Okay, so I, I don't want to lose the point. Um, that's all right. Uh, I, I see exactly where you're going with it. Okay. All right, so I because I, I I just I'm saying I won't lose the point because I don't want to get too psychologically uh, I'll be using too many terms that people might not understand. Mm-hmm. Um, but but I'm I'm saying to say that um, I it, it's it's just different, bro. It's, it's just different depending on where you are. Right. Indeed. Uh, I think one of the parallels with. Um... Malcolm X's mother and her uh, struggle with uh, mental illness um, and um, Miss Frankie Lawn's um, parallel is that we as black people are faced with an, an invisual, invisible uh, foe to our mental health and our, our life experiences being normalized um, due to um, post-traumatic slave syndrome, which um, is one of the issues that we discuss on this podcast. Um, Maybe some people from the outside looking in won't be able to make the correlation, but I I think some of the struggles that we have by virtue of the fact that um, we are marginalized people in a society built on white supremacy. Whether people agree with it or not is irrelevant. Um, There is going to be um, mental health issues. There are going to be um, addictions for Black people to cope, particularly Black women as mothers um, with trying to raise a child in this white supremacy system. 
Okay. Um, I so help me connect the dots with the last couple things you said. You because it, it, it seemed like you went from one extreme to the next. You talk about white supremacy and raising children, and then you started off by talking about um, Frankie, which is Kate Michelle's mom's, right? Uh, Keisha Cole's mom. Keisha Cole's mom. Yeah. Okay. Keisha Cole's mom. Um. And so now, now, so I, I don't want to confuse the two because I don't know that they they connect. So I'm want to be clear about Kate Michelle's mom wrestling with uh, addiction. And then you got into white supremacy. And I'm trying to make sure that I understand the connection between the two. The connection is that black motherhood, particularly in the United States, um, I can't speak for the rest of the world, and speak for the hardships of being a, a black motherhood in um, the United States, particularly in the last 400 years, has always been a struggle in itself some ways that we cope with it uh, through mental illness is is a derivative of um, that struggle as a black mother. And um, a drug addiction is, is another derivative of, um, it's not the only reasons that people could have mental health issues or drug addiction issues, but uh, certainly uh, black motherhood in white America has been a struggle in itself to cope with trying to raise children when you're marginalized in society. I hope that brought a bigger connection. Well, uh, maybe it does, maybe it doesn't. I don't, I'm not going to make the connection with Keisha Cole's mom because I don't know that that is the case um, because uh, uh, I don't know that Keisha Cole's mom. I, I don't know what her relationship was with um, racism and, and and all those other things. And I think that black women as a whole, you know, just being born as a black woman, being a black mom, you know, we're all they they all exposed to some level of racism and and things like that. Um, and some of them fall victim. I am not sure why um, Keisha Cole's mom fell uh, victim to that, but I do know that Keisha Cole's mom, you know, had a number of kids by different um, men, um, and so I, I don't, I, I, you know, I don't, I don't know, and I, I don't know if I can connect the two, you know, in that way, the same way with Jada Pickett and her mom. Right, Jada Pickett's mom was on drugs and addicted to drugs for a very long time. Um, Jada Pickett uh, Smith uh, grew, you know, to be a phenomenal woman, a talented artist, um, and uh, Keisha Cole the same way. Uh, so I don't know what their um, appetite was to, to drugs and addiction but um I, I don't I don't know I think that yes I think that there is some type of connection but I don't I don't know that I want to make it the connection like I don't want to I don't want to have this conversation and, and I say that I think 
that these two things that um, A and A is the correlation to B, because I don't know that to be the case. Um, because I, I, I it, it could be, but I know white people that are addicted to drugs just as bad as black people are, are addicted to drugs. So I, I, I don't know about that. But um, I think, yeah, I agree that I think that growing up in America and experiencing racism and we experience, experience racism um, is not made um, a lot of people want to be addicted to drugs. Um, but it has, some people have wanted to be addicted to drugs or have been addicted to drugs for the same reasons that white people, rich white people have been addicted to drugs. So, um, I, I'm, I'm not going to correlate those two things, but, um, mental health is, is something I, I think that is different. Um, um. And I don't know what Keisha Cole's mom's mental health issues were. And I don't know if they were a result of her drug usage. But I look at Jada Pickett Smith's mom and whatever her, I know she was addicted to heroin and different other drugs at one point, but she seems mentally right now to be doing very well and have been doing very well for a while. Indeed, um, that's an interesting example that you did bring up. Um, any inference that it um, should should or should not be connected to white supremacy um, is um, shouldn't be on the table, but uh, it can be implied um, based on what I said. So I understand. Um, your fear of um, going down that road it's um it's a trap but it, it's just part of the discussion that um for instance my mother who never used drugs never officially suffered with any um mental issues she did struggle with um raising three black boys and a Mental issues that you are aware of. Right, exactly. That's why I said any that were disclosed, um, I didn't know of any. Um, but she did struggle with being a black mother in white society. And so these are societal ills. It's just like um, any understanding of post-traumatic slave syndrome. Um most people, especially white people, are not going to conceive it as a problem or um, think it's made up. Um, but um, if you have any understanding of the, um, the societal differences between um, black motherhood and white motherhood, not that white people don't struggle with the same um, economic and um, uh, discriminatory and sexist um, things that we struggle with, but we have a name for it, um, whether they are on drugs or mentally ill or not. They could just have a perfect life. Uh, we believe that that ill, societal ill, is called post-traumatic slave syndrome. Now, I may be getting 
the correlation wrong, but uh, it's just my suggestion. Yeah. So 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 let's let's just go back for a moment, right? Yes, sir. Um. So let's just deal. Let's just go back to the conversation with, um, you personally, and tell me what you understand about your mom's, um. Your your mom's uh, childhood and your dad's childhood, right? Because um, while you might not understand, or maybe you don't know, because um, I could surely tell you that I don't know. But I, I uh, in terms of my personal family, but um, I I could tell you what I think now, looking back. Now I I don't know a lot about my family history. Mm-hmm. Um, I could tell you what I what I've learned. Right. But what was your mom's childhood like growing up? What was her childhood like with her father? What was your dad's childhood like growing up? What was his relationship with his parents? And then that could speak volumes to how they raised you all. And it could speak volumes to what their relationship was like. Um, interestingly enough, um, I don't know the um my mother had with her father um the only person that I do know and um actually had the experience of living with was her mother um in in the um families the black families that I grew up with the history was the men were not present in those or if they were present in those families, they were dysfunctional, like my uncle, uh, which would be my mother's brothers, um, were drunks. One came from the Vietnam War, very dysfunctional, um, did not have uh, gainful employment. Um, and then there was another uncle, just just the same, with who struggled with alcoholism as well. So that was Uncle Ernest and Uncle Robert. And then there was um, Uncle Emmett. And those were the only three males left alive in my mother's immediate family. And what about her father? I never had any connection with him. I understand that he died um, um, early in life. So I, I never knew who he was or he was never discussed and he wasn't a bad guy. He wasn't like, um, um, somebody that was an absentee father, but me experiencing my mother's relationship with her family, it was that the women worked and uh, the men were dysfunctional. And, um, I find that in a lot of black families, not all, and I think that's that's where the danger comes when we start to assume that this has to happen to all families for the trauma to exist. But it, it was just like I could see the people's families. Now, what? what now, and what about your father? What was it? What was this relationship he, he like wanted, with his father uh, and his mom? He wanted no connection to his um, father because his father was white and rejected him um, on the plantation. My father grew up on the plantation in Barbados, and his father was the um, 
the white uh, son of the owner of that plantation, and he had um, had a child with one of the um, servants, if you will. I don't think they called them slaves in Barbados, but the same bullshit uh, uh, applies. Um, so he didn't want any connection with his family because he was rejected by them. He wanted to be a part of his white father's life because that was the most prosperous life, um, the most opportunistic life to an ideal life to have. Certainly he didn't want to be black because black at that time meant servitude. So these were passed on as generational curses. Now they manifest in different ways because my uh, mother and father didn't struggle with those addictions or mental health issues, but they did struggle adapting to society. And it was all an adjustment and we all have our different ways of dealing with society. And this being a white supremacy society, historically, we've all struggled in that way. It doesn't okay, mean that okay. other people haven't struggled. Uh, for instance, you give the example of um, Jada Pinkett's mom. Everybody's experience is going to vary. It doesn't mean that one can be negated for the other, nor should it be implied, even if it seemed that I may have applied that. Okay, so um, I don't want to um, devalue um, what you talk about um, with the white struggle, but let's just, um, because that's a, to me, that's a bigger picture. Um, so, but before I get to the bigger picture, I want to deal with the internal picture. Yes, sir. And, and, and what made your mom and dad connect in a way that was functional or dysfunctional, but still, um, because there are a lot of functional and, and or dysfunctional relationships that exist, right? Because you're dysfunctional in and of yourself, right. which allows you to be in dysfunctional relationships. And when you are dysfunctional, sometimes you can only be in dysfunctional relationships. So I'm, I'm asking you, when you look back at your parents' relationship it, and what you understand about it, do you think there was dysfunctional in that relationship? Absolutely. Even okay. though drugs nor mental health was at issue. They We're not an issue. Right. They definitely right. struggled with other things that made their relationship dysfunctional in my eyes. Yeah. Yeah. And and, and it doesn't have to be drugs, you know, alcohol, anything like that. It, it it's just behavior. Right, right, and and is is behavior and is cycle, right. because, and isn't uh, post traumatic syndrome, whether we feel it or experience or acknowledge or accept it, a part of that um, dynamic where you don't have to feel it, you don't have to say that you've suffered from it, in order for us to see on a. Um, national scale that black people were traumatized by this racial history. No, bro, you it, no, you in fact have to say that. Right? It, because what because what happens is look, 
if if you look at what happened during slavery, and let's look at 1865 or 1863 when when slavery was supposed to be abolished, right? You you take a group of people or population of people that was um, enslaved for hundreds and hundreds of years, and then you come to them one day and say, okay, you're no longer a slave. You no longer have to be whipped. You no longer have to work this way. You no longer have to do X, Y, and Z. You're now free to do whatever you want to do. It's almost like letting somebody out of prison, right? But you don't give them the tools to allow them to be free. Right. So so what happens now is now you have this uncivilized people. Hmm. Right, that that are now free, hmm. that don't know how to be free to do whatever they feel like. Right, and so now they're going to raise children. Hmm. Right, now now they're going to interact, but hmm. not only are they going to interact, but they're going to interact on a greater scale. Hmm. Right, because and they're going to be reminded every day that they are still niggas, although they're no longer slaves. But 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 let's 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 remove that part. Right, I'm I, I'm I'm gonna deal with just the inner part because you that's the deeper part of what you, you not not that we don't want to deal with that right, but I just want you to hold that part when we get back to it. Mm-hmm. But let's deal with the inner interacting with one another. Right, how do we know how to interact with one another? Because here's what's happening, right? So if if and I want to paralyze, I, I want to parallel the two. You you say that every prisoner right now. You, you're free to go. I don't care who you kill, who you murder, who you rape. You're free mm-hmm. to go, right? I'm, I'm going to say to every slave, I don't care who you was a slave owner of, whatever you did, whatever, blah, 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 you're free to go. But now you're free to go. You can go to any state. You can go to wherever you want to go. You know, any state and do whatever you want to do as Negroes, mm-hmm. as prisoners. They are now going to go and now interact with one another and have sex and, and raise children on the highest dysfunctional level that you're ever going to see in life. Mm-hmm. Right? Yes, sir. Now, no one has taught me how to be a husband in a functional way. No one has taught me how to be a wife in a functional way. All I know is to be a slave wife or a slave husband. All I know how to be is irresponsible as a slave, as they say, women, or a woman, or be a father to a child. Because a lot of times, the father of a child would be from another plantation, maybe having children at another plantation. And the understanding and the normalcy was that your father is over here. Your mom is over here. It was normal to function like that. Yes, sir. So now you're having situations where if if it, if the if the government was going to say, okay, we're going to free you as Negroes or as slaves, we have an obligation to teach you the obligations of being free and what that means. But it didn't do that. So you never learn what it was to be a free person. Yes, sir. And what happens is now 
you now are going to infect these new children that you're going to have with the history of being a slave. Guess what's going to happen? Yes, sir. Those newborn children are going to repeat the history of, this, of the slave. Right. Of the slave master because you're going to beat the shit out of your kids because all you know is to beat them. Right. All you're going to, you're going to leave them because all you know is abandonment. Right. So what I'm saying is and we were talking about and I really mean to you know, direct it in your family um, directly. But I was I was trying to make a point in saying that if you look at your parents, and 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 we could do the same thing with my parents. Is this your parents were actually together? Like, I think my dad just maybe met my mom, had a sex with her one night, and said, "Fuck it, I'm out." Mm-hmm. You know, and and never dealt with her again because I was just born, and this nigga was like, "Nigga, I don't know you, I don't know her." You know, so yes, I def- definitely not trying to make you feel bad in any way because I, no, I, I surely, I, I, I surely would have been the the poster card for a bastard child. Hmm. You know, because I, you know, I can tell you to this day, I don't know who my dad is. Never met him. You know, a day in my life. But what I'm saying is, if if, if even if we're looking at your rearing and my rearing, the dysfunction in that. Then, and we're not even getting into racism. We're just talking about the dysfunction in understanding or trying to relate to one another without knowing one another. Right? The dysfunction in what happened in slavery. I'm not talking about so so because slavery it messed us up so bad mentally, right? So even in our interactions and dealing with one another, I, before we even get into the slavery issue. Man, we never learn how to be human beings to one another. Right. So I don't know, psychologically, you know, that's the connection I was really trying to make. Mm-hmm. And we are at the, well, we are way over time. It is 3.43 a.m. We're going to come back for a short um, third and final segment after these messages. Peace to the universe. Peace to God. Assalamu alaikum, brother. Peace to the God. Peace to the universe. You know, brother, you can never appreciate the virtues of a fan until it goes off. <laughs> My father used to always remind me that um, with a saying about his departure, um, you won't miss the water till the well run dry. I'm like, Dad, what do you mean? <laughs> now that the fan is off, I see what he was saying. And we are. Well, at, I'm sorry, go ahead, finish. Uh, we are at the 355 minute mark in uh, DF and Universe. <clears throat> Went a little over time and the uh, conversation got real deep. Um, and uh, we're going to continue that conversation, but I, I wanted to finish the last of the um, news that I found for this week in the parallel universe. Um, Jeff Bezos donates $100 million, um, 
each to CNN contributor Van Jones and chef Jose Andres, uh, reported by CNN. Uh, Bezos said that Jones and Andres were free to do what they want with the money. They can give it all to their own charity, Bezos said as a press conference after his trip to space. So uh, Jeff Bezos, those who are not familiar with him, he's a billionaire a million times over uh, because he's the owner of the concept um, Amazon, which came to be one of the main ways that people with any computer savvy use to shop nowadays. Uh, so if you've ever bought anything off of Amazon, the reason that its owner and founder is rich is because it's something that uh, an idea, a concept of business and providing services and products that we've all bought into. Um, it wouldn't be successful without the, our collective uh, uh, understanding that it has a need that serves society. Um, given that information, um, I wanted to know what you thought of his um, philanthropic um, measures to give Van Jones and Andres a hundred million apiece to do with as they wanted because he thought that their fight against um, div divisive people um, was commendable enough to see if they could take that amount of money and make a difference in the world. Uh, at least that was uh, the premise of Jeff Bezos' um, philanthropic uh, activity to give them the money um, because he was criticized a week before because he spent a hundred million going into space and people were like, uh, how are you spending that type of money when people are starving here on earth? Um, a lot of things to attack in that and, um, or just, and then we'll get back to our own generational curses. Um, if you have anything to say. You know, I, <clears throat> the only thing I had to say about this is <clears throat> I'm not a billionaire, not a millionaire, at least not at this point. And I almost feel like um, it's almost futile or dumb to have conversations about rich people. I feel like, you know, you're only adding to, um, it, it kind of like how we start this conversation off. Like, I, I started off the conversation by saying, it's interesting how everybody has an opinion, right? Um, and that they have an opinion that they want to share with the world. I, 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 don't, I don't see the value in me talking about millionaires. I'm, I'm not a millionaire. I'm not a billionaire. I, I don't see the value in me talking about what millionaires or billionaires do with their money. I, I don't see that, nor do I understand that doesn't make sense. If, if this billionaire gave Van Jones uh, $100 million, 
a million dollars to do X, Y, Z. I don't know how effective my comment about that means anything outside of me adding to a dysfunctional conversation. I, I don't, I don't, in my opinion, I, that's what I think. Um, you know, it, it, it seems to me that to, to talk about that to me doesn't make a lot of sense unless like, uh, okay, so if I was, if I was Jay-Z and um, Irv Gotti or um, what's the other little name? Um, Dame Dash. Dame Dash. <clears throat> now, if I was in that conversation, then I feel like, okay, I have a valid com- I have a valid conversation. I have a valid response. But I'm not in a response. Right. I, I, I if you're not those people talk if you're not those people talking about that, then you are a spectator talking about other people's validations. I, I don't care to get into that. You know, I I I have a dog in that fight. And to talk about that seems to be as invalued as everybody else who's talking about that. It's like it's it's almost like clout chasing. It's almost like just um, hoping that someone would hear me and hear what I have to say, and and hopefully um, will will push it forward. I'm I'm not that dude. I, I'm I'm I I'm not that dude. I don't want to be that dude. I don't care about being that dude. I don't. I'm not in that arena. I don't. You know, those are millionaires doing what millionaires and billionaires do. Honestly, I don't know. I don't care. Um, really doesn't impact me one way or the other. I, I don't know how that comes off. I don't, I don't know if I'm sounding arrogant or blowing off-ish, but I just feel like I don't want to be a part of what everybody else is being a part of and just having an opinion. I don't have an opinion about what those people are doing because it doesn't impact me and I don't make a dollar off of it. Yes, sir. And uh, we are approaching the eight minute mark. Um, we've got two minutes left. Uh, we've got to shorten the last segment because we went over in the middle segment. And um, we'll definitely be back tomorrow. Inshallah. More, inshallah, on these subjects because it got real deep. But we are at uh, 4.02 a.m. in D.F. And um, I'll say something in the next 30 minutes, and I'll give you the last minute. Um, What I thought about uh, Bezos' um, contribution, um, well, it doesn't have any relevance to me as an individual, as a part of um, human society, there are three big issues that um, we all have this collective understanding need to be eradicated as human beings. Now, that doesn't apply to everyone, nor does everyone hold that same sentiment, but um, racism would be one of them. Um, Poverty would be another. Um, The environment would be another. And... um, those and and sexism would be another so that's four 
maybe one or two others, but um, I think um, two hundred million would just be a drop in the bucket as to what we need to do as a society. But it is certainly a put up or shut up move by a billionaire who could have done anything and decided to um, do that. Last word. Last word is um. What? At the end of the show. What? I just uh, screamed out hysterically. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> That's what it sounded like you were saying. <laughs> well, no, no, no. I, 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 okay, so I, I, I think two things. Um, um oh, no, brother. <laughs> no, I, 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 I just don't think it's fair for um, us to wait on other people to give us give us things, and I think that. I, I think we're the poorest mentally and financially group of people that are sitting back waiting for people to give the black community something so that the black community can, can arise. And and I think even if you would even if the black community was given it, they still wouldn't rise. One, because financial stability um and understanding finances is an art. It's almost like playing basketball, football, sport. Or being a uh, a magician, you if you you know if you don't know how to use the instrument, you're not going to be effective. So it's so I I don't like the idea of talking about um, giving back to the black community and and uplifting the black community as if the black community know what to do with upliftment when it comes because they don't, and the black community would would take the money that they received, in my opinion, and, and give it back to Gucci and Prada and all the rest of that stuff. Because if, if, if to me, the start of the Black community coming up will be the start of the Black community looking at where they are right now and changing the condition of, the, of their where they are right now. That means if you're drinking beer and throwing beer and smoking weed on the corner, if, if, if you're doing that every night, and liquor bottles and all that shit is on the ground every and 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 crack vials and all that is 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 in the hood and you and you and you're bragging about living in the hood. Why the fuck do you need a hundred million dollars? Why do you need anybody to give anything back to that? That's self-destructive in itself. And all you're gonna do with giving more money is do more of what you're doing. Because to me, if that's what you're doing, if that's how you see your community then why giving money to your community is going to change that? It's not. It's not because you don't understand the value of changing your community. Because I can tell you for sure that I'm not going to walk out on my stoop and, and smoke a black amount or, or drink and leave bottles in front of my house. Not going to happen. I'm not going to allow somebody else to do that. You know, because I value, because I, because I, because I pay a mortgage. But if, when you don't know that and you don't value that and you're arguing about other people giving back to your community, it, to me, that's an idiotic conversation. So um, so I'm going to leave that there. Um, <laughs> yes, sir. And, and, and my last point is 
homostasis. Homostasis is 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 what we talk about in psychology. It's called balance. Mm-hmm. Is 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 what we talk about in family therapy. It's what we talk about in um, psychology. Period. But homostasis is is balance. And when you don't have balance, whether it's in the family or whether it's in the individual. Whether we're talking about Abraham Maslow, Carl Rogers, and we're talking about homostasis, is that in the, I think the Christians use the terminology being equally yoked, right? Mm-hmm. And 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 talking about homostasis and being and, and being equally yoked, when you're not balanced in your relationship, when you're not balanced as an individual, when you don't have homostasis, when you don't have balance, then you're off. In everything you do in life, mm-hmm. every time you meet a situation when you're not balanced in yourself, you're gonna have a bad opportunity. You have a bad situation with everybody that you meet because mm-hmm. you, if, if you're raising children and you're not balanced, you your your homostasis, your balance is going to off balance them. It's going to make them off balance. Mm-hmm. When 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 if you're approaching life in in off home homostasis situation, everything you do in life is going to counter what you want to do because you're not balanced. So, so, so my end discussion, um, and you say, you know, give me the last piece mm-hmm. is my my word for the night is homostasis. And look it up. Mm-hmm. If if you want anything in life, whether it be family, whether it be individual. Is look for balance, look for homostasis. Because if you don't have, it's like whatever, what Abraham Maslow and what Carl Rogers talked about was self actualization, right? And, and, and Abraham Maslow talking about self actualization, um, he talked about um, hierarchy of need. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if this is going to come up or not, but maybe it will, maybe it won't. But and Abraham Maslow talking about the hierarchy of need. He said the needs have to be met before you can meet self-actualization. And what he was talking about was you can't expect for a homeless person to be mannerable or to be justice or be fair because his basic needs aren't met. His basic needs is, is, is home, clothing, Food, shelter. Mm-hmm. If those things aren't met, you 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 can't look at this homeless person and and wonder why they aren't greeting you with a hi, or greeting you with a hello, or greeting you with this fair, balanced person in life, because their 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 basic needs in life aren't met. So if if, if you're not having a conversation right, mm-hmm. and right now your basic need. In your apartment is is temperature. Mm-hmm. You and I can't have a fair conversation, right? We can't have a fair conversation because your basic needs aren't even being met. Mm-hmm. So, in in order for you to be balanced with me, you need to be where where I am. You know, in terms of food, clothing, shelter, you know, different things in life for us to have a fair conversation. But if I'm having a conversation with you, where you can't get on the internet. 
or you can't have AC, you can't fan air. You it's it's hard to have a a balanced conversation where we're talking on an equal level. Mm-hmm. It's hard for you to be to meet a female or to be in a relationship with someone that is on that level if those basic needs are met. Because you if you meet a female and she's not having her basic needs met, meaning food, clothing, and shelter, you you gotta start to say, okay, let me bring you in. Let me take care of you. Let me make sure you got this, 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 this. If you can't do that with her at that point, you aren't even having a homostasis, a balanced relationship. Because you and her are working at two different levels. Right? Same way with you trying to raise kids. Same way with you in life and trying to do anything and trying to have a conversation. I can't have a conversation with someone or you can't have a conversation with someone who are, who their basic needs aren't met. Hmm. It's like you're going to have a conversation with a homeless man every day. He's going to talk to you from a different level. Because if you're going to go home every day and go to bed and sleep, even if you have to cut your AC on, you're working at a different perspective. Because he's going to sleep on the corner. And, I, I, and I'll tell you one thing that I always remember. And I don't even know if I should close the conversation on this. But but I, what I remember is when I was locked up and I was facing 30 years of life, my celly told me this. He said, why, why he showed me where the shanks were, mm. he said, this is mine, this is yours, this is, this is where it is, blah, 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 blah. Right? But he said, I want you to know this. You and I, even though we're cellies, you and I are never friends. Mm. And he said, the reason why we're never friends is because no matter what you tell me, no matter what I tell you, that if it comes to me going home and you going home, I'm going home first. <laughs> yes, sir. Right. And so, and, and, and I'm saying it to go back to homostasis is when it comes about, there's, there was never a balance in, 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 in that sale. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and and so what I'm saying is, and having a conversation that is balanced, and dealing with people that's balanced in life, homostasis. Yes, sir. unless it's balanced, bro, we're, we're you're off kill. Yes, sir. And we'll leave it at that. At the 20 minute mark in the effing universe. And we'll be back tomorrow to continue this discussion on these parallel universes, these and and how we should deal with them on an emotional, spiritual, and mental level. And we may come back with a little humor, inshallah. But the creek don't rise in the sunshine. <laughs> all right brother we'll be back um want to thank all of our participants and listeners and let you know that um we know you're out there in the universe and you have similar or different thoughts on these subjects peace to the universe peace to the god